This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Join Thrive Market and get $60 in free groceries by going to thrivemarket.com slash no meat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Doug, it's, uh, the weather has turned to, for the colder, and uh, there are a whole lot of Halloween decorations popping up in my neighborhood. <laughs> are, are you... you are, you, your family, I always remember your family being uh, pretty good on the Halloween decorations. Well, my daughter has driven a lot of that. She, we're good with all the decorations for all the holidays, because she just wants it up like months in advance. She, <laughs> as soon as one holiday is done, she wants the next holiday's decorations up, so... We've just kind of tried to always do more than we naturally would uh, and earlier than we naturally would. So as a result, we've gotten some Halloween decorations. Uh, I think a lot of that stuff we do on the inside of the house more than outside, just so that it's sort of for us. But uh, I just have noticed we moved into a new neighborhood this year, and people are insane with the Halloween stuff. <laughs> like, I, I don't – and I actually was wondering, what I wondered, is this, is this something that is just happens to be in this neighborhood that I moved into – or I just have this sense that Halloween is like kind of booming again. Like like it's people are just there are people who are just really into Halloween now. And I don't remember as a kid or even as a young adult people being into it. It was just this sort of throwaway holiday that you you know was just fun for a couple hours that one night. I don't know. You know I, I, are you do you perceive this or is this just me? So growing up, I remember certain neighborhoods got really into it, and those were also the neighborhoods that you would go and get your candy. Um, mm-hmm. but the you know what I'm seeing a lot of this year because you're right you're kind of right I'm seeing a ton of uh, those giant spider webs with like a big spider yep those are the, yeah the crawling the nets basically uh-huh. I mean, like, yeah, nets that are like coming off of a tree or off yeah. the side of your house that, I mean like that's that. overdone already that's I feel like I've never seen that before and suddenly too many people yeah and suddenly they're everywhere yep seeing a lot of that and then also the you know the like Christmas times people have the, the blow up like Santa or whatever, I'm seeing blow up skeletons oh, yeah. and ghosts yeah. and uh, and uh, like skeleton unicorns, <laughs> yeah, like all kinds of all kinds of weird stuff that you know. I think that those those uh, decorations are just so easy now. Whereas back when we were kids, you had to you had to kind of mate build your own stuff, and so yep. it was kind of a little bit harder. Now you just go to Target and you buy a blow up thing and plug it in, and you're good to go. That's a good point. Maybe the supply chain has made, I mean, aside from recent supply chain issues, maybe just in general compared to when we were kids, it's, you know, Halloween stuff is plentiful and cheap and people has it, have it. Uh, what's funny, Doug, as you were answering that question, my across-the-street neighbor, who I'm, I stare at their house as I do this <laughs> podcast, she came out and started adjusting one of the many, many tombstones in her yard uh, <laughs> and propped up this little doll-sized skeleton that it sits against it. And now she's fidgeting with a ghost that is hanging from her porch. <laughs> it's like, I mean, literally, this is like, and, and this is, I'd say one out of two houses in my neighborhood have similar, you know, zombies coming out of the ground with just their arms up or 20 foot skeletons. Have you seen those, these things? Okay. So I actually saw one of these on, on Instagram the other day, but mm-hmm. I had never actually seen one in real life. So, so this is a thing that a lot of people have. I don't, I don't know. In my neighborhood, I think they're probably three to five of them and they literally are 20 feet tall i saw one in the halloween store the other day because we went to the halloween store uh uh-huh. for my daughter really 
And it, for like a 10-foot one, it was $300, and it didn't even Whoa. do anything. <laughs> yeah, it didn't do anything. It wasn't one of those things that talks or scares you. Uh, so I don't know what a 20-foot one cost. But people have like that, and then next to it, they have these huge witches that are flying. Have you seen those? No, no. It's okay. like so. It's, I think things are a little bit next level in your neighborhood. Yeah, I think so too. It it's weird. I it's like when I was a kid, like there were there was the one street or one neighborhood that people knew that got shut down and like yeah, right. They went crazy there. But this is just like the whole neighborhood. And we came trick or treating in this neighborhood last year, and it wasn't like some insane setup. It was just that every single people or almost everyone has tons of decorations. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I'm. It's fun. I think it's kind of cool, but I've always just felt like Halloween is kind of a big letdown. Uh, it's just like, it seems like fun, and then you go out, and then you get some candy, and then you gotta go to the school the next day often. And it's just like... <laughs> yeah, right, right. I, I don't know. I just It's just for that, that always kind of killed it for me. Um, but whatever. I don't, it's I don't cool. know if I agree about it being let down, because you get to wear your costume to school oftentimes on the day of. Yeah, and true. Uh, and you, I don't know. It's kind of fun. I, I like I fun. like Halloween. I do too. I I enjoy it. It just it just seems like a strange thing to be preparing for months in advance with yes, your yard yeah. full of stuff. You know, uh, I, I kind of but anyway, got, I, I don't uh, mind at all. There are a few times uh, where I feel like I've failed my kids so far, <laughs> and one of those times came the other day when um, when my eldest daughter, five years old, uh, looked at me. We were we were driving around. We were admiring all the Halloween decorations and she looked at me and she goes daddy with these like like kind of puppy dog eyes she goes daddy <laughs> when are we gonna put out our halloween decorations and i was like we don't really have any <laughs> she's like but <laughs> but we have to daddy <laughs> i don't know it's just like i don't know it's just real sad I, kid stories Aww. or whatever but it was, it was just it was one of those moments i was like man this is where my minimalism and my my, my tendencies to kind of like get rid yeah. of all that stuff because i i hate holiday decorations like i'm not a scrooge you know i like holidays i love celebrating and stuff i just hate having boxes of stuff that just only gets used for a few weeks a year yeah and uh and so halloween is one of those where we got rid of everything except for the little bags or the little pumpkin things that you carry around um, <laughs> right, right. and uh and and i definitely felt i feel like i'm failing my kids a little bit yeah i i know what you mean minimalism and kids generally do not mix well uh it just <laughs> I mean, there are families that make it work for sure. But I, when I see those stories or see that, I kind of always feel bad for the kid. I just feel like you're kind of missing out on a lot of fun stuff. Uh, so I don't know. I my only thing I'm gonna say, as I said, I don't I don't mind this whole thing. This is fun. Uh, I really don't like to blow up decorations. I hate them. I think, especially for how. First of all, I, I don't like them for Christmas or any any of that stuff. I get that it's kind of funny to be like, see how gaudy you can make your yard. Uh, but with Halloween, like. I, I don't know. It, it's not even. I like the scary stuff, like where it actually is kind of cool yeah, and scary. Right, right. Um, when it's like a bunch of big cartoon characters from Halloween Town or whatever, or, or that what was that Bette Midler show? Uh, I don't know. There's some some movie that is like the new Goonies, I guess. That you had to have okay. watched it when you were a millennial kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure people know the name. I can't think of it. But anyway, uh, I just, I just, I'm just not into. It. I, I think the scary stuff is fun, and when Halloween actually feels kind of creepy and spooky, then it's cool. But when right. it's like a big cartoon, I'm just, I'm just not into it. By the way, Doug, for, speaking of minimalism and, ho- and uh, holidays, there is a new thing. I guess it's new, uh, where you can get lights installed on your house, and they permanently go on there, and then they change. You change the colors depending on the holiday. 
So you don't Whoa. have to ever. I know. So then your daughters could, could enjoy all these different holiday lights without oh, you having to ever get up and change it. That is really smart. Yeah. That, that is very smart. I so can get down could, for that because we always put up some, some like, I like the minimalist lights. They just, you kind of do the outline of the house mm-hmm. in white. Yeah. We do that every year. Yeah. You can turn it on to orange and black alternating. I kind of like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, all right. So this is this this is maybe uh, you're into holiday movies, right? You're into yeah, well, cheesy Christmas, Christmas movies. season movies, yeah, wintertime. Yeah, not all holidays. Uh, you know, the craze recently has been the new Hocus Pocus. Oh, that's Hocus that's Pocus the movie. Was... That's the one I was talking about. That's the big oh movie, oh that's right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you, uh, so okay, they have know, a new the one, old one from when we were kids, and then now there's a new one that just came out. Okay. This year. I figured there was like three or four of them. Oh, I don't think so. I think okay. that this is just Hocus Pocus 2. But, okay. Uh, so every, that's all the craze right now. Have you seen it? Have you seen the new one? No, I haven't even seen the old one. We haven't even seen the old one? No, I watched Halloween Town last year on my cousin's recommendation, millennial cousin's recommendation, and it was okay. It wasn't, wasn't great, but it was all right. So maybe we, I should watch Hocus Pocus. Uh, Katie, in, uh, in her love of Sarah Jessica Parker... Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I think just because everyone was talking about Hocus Pocus, um, suggested that we 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 watch we watch the old one and then watch the new one. And I got halfway through the old one and I was like, "This is so, <laughs> this is really? so bad." <laughs> yeah, I couldn't watch it. So I think she finished it and uh, and she watched the new one, but I I gave up. But did you watch it as a kid? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so you still thought it was terrible because I think there's there are a lot of movies that if you didn't watch them as a kid and you try to watch them now, they're awful. Like the yeah. Goonies, but if you did as a kid, then they're good. I did, but I don't think I liked it. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I may have liked it a little bit, right. but uh, you know, it wasn't one of those where I got excited about it every year type thing. Yeah, and so you didn't watch Halloween Town because I figured these were grouped together. These were the same thing. If you watch one, yeah, I, I can't picture Halloween Town. It's possible I did, but I'm gonna Google okay. it. Yeah, I don't know. I, somehow I missed this whole thing. I missed I missed Halloween movies as a thing, other than horror movies, which I never was into. Oh yeah, I remember Halloween Town. Oh man, this is like. This is so nineties. <laughs> wow. Well, apparently okay. it's like a it's like a classic. Like if you were if, if that was your era of being a, a you know young kid, then that's what you were into. That's funny. All right. Okay. So today we have we have some good stuff. Not By just, the way, uh, no, really quickly before we leave Halloween, we didn't mention any vegan Halloween candy, which I'm sure in some future episode of this, maybe two weeks from now or one week from now, when it's closer to the time, we'll talk about vegan Halloween candy and how we deal with the kids and all that, which we talk about every year, but it's it's been a little while, so. We'll do it again. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Proceed. Today we're going to be doing a, a, a listener Q&A. Yes. We haven't done one of these in a while. The big Q&A episodes that we used to have every That's month. right. Yeah, and they would be so long. Remember, we couldn't get through the questions. We would just yeah. like, we would, first of all, it was our fault partially. We got a ton of questions, but then you and I had no idea how to manage the time. And <laughs> we would just get like four questions in and we'd be at an hour and we'd have 25 on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we put out some feelers on, on the social media yesterday and to, to ask for some questions. And, and so we're going to be powering through these. Some of these are fitness related. Others are just fun, some habit stuff. So we'll keep these fairly short and just kind of go through them quickly. But yeah, uh, these lend themselves fun. to short answers, which I, which I like. Yeah. And, uh, I, we should say, if you have any questions, you can email us or DM us on Instagram and, uh, we will either try to answer it on a future big gigantic q a episode like this or um or maybe on the morning show yes that'd be perfect so nomad athlete underscore official is the place to do that uh 
that's really it, right? Instagram's the best place to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably so. Okay. All right. All right. All right, Matt. We're going to start off with an easy one. I know you have a trip coming up. Where Where do you want to travel to? This is from uh, Eaton447. Okay, good. Uh, I do have a trip coming up. I have a trip coming up to Germany. And uh, I am hoping very much to visit our friend Steven in Amsterdam while we are there. And then I am going to spend the final weekend of that trip in Milan because flight yeah. prices are crazy. And uh, that was the cheapest way for me to get out of Europe was to go to Milan first. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. Uh, speaking of, this is unrelated to the question, but you can get like $10 flights around Europe from one city in Europe to another. So my flight from Frankfurt to Milan, the base cost, if I didn't have baggage and stuff other than a you know, little under the seat thing, is it was $9.80. What? I know, isn't that crazy? That's wild. Really? Yeah. Ryan Air is the is the company. I'm sure there are others that do it. Uh, huh. yeah. And and this is like this is not like last minute seats where they have seats and they're gonna fly anyway. This is like a month in advance. Anyway, just thought it was crazy. And I don't know like it seems like from state to state then we should have a similar thing here because it's similar distance, but that is it's like three hundred dollars to fly anywhere. Yeah. Even so on anyway. the budget airlines. So this yeah. is a side note. There was an airline, I'm going to look it up what the name of it is, because it okay. only lasted a few months. But I took it several times in college to New Orleans. Several times, I mean twice, because uh, I had okay. a friend living down there. And it was it was similar. The base price was maybe like 30 bucks, And then mm-hmm. you you know you had to add on for everything. I mean, nothing yeah. was free. Nickel and dime. Um, like, just to board the plane, you had to pay an extra five bucks, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I thought it was so great. When you're, it value especially with, as like a like solo college student, I didn't care about right. any of that stuff. Was Value Jet the name? No, it wasn't value jet. Um, there, there was this class of airlines that were like that that popped up then. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Um, anyway, uh, that's great. Yeah, I'm excited so that, for your trip. Yes, it'll be fun. Um, where I really want to go is uh, Sardinia in the blue zone in Italy. Well, mm, what, the yeah. island where one of the blue zones is within Sardinia. Uh, I just think that seems like a cool place. There's a bunch of places in Italy, in Italy that, that I would really like to get to. I've been a few times, but not to like, not to these places. Uh, and Milan is not one of them, but I'm still really looking forward to going to it. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't have that much right now. It's, I'm, I still feel like I need to see Europe before I can like be ready to want to see a whole lot of other stuff. Because it's overwhelming how, much, how many cool things there are to go see in the world. Yeah, right, right. What about you? I, you've done plenty of traveling in your life. You've been to, you've been kidnapped in Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Close, not quite. I wouldn't want to start too many rumors, but uh, <laughs> uh, I guess you could call it kidnapping by the police. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I've done a, I've done a lot, of, a fair share of traveling, and I, and what was cool is my parents. We did a lot of international travel as kids, mm. like upper upper elementary schools when we started traveling quite a bit. Okay, uh, did a bunch of Europe trips and, mm-hmm. and Central American trips and stuff like that. Um, and so I definitely I am itching to get my kids to do more traveling. Uh, because I, you know, really my whole life up until I started having kids, I was traveling internationally at least once a year, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, so that has, that has cut down significantly. So I, I would love to take them to some of my favorite places in C- Central America and mm-hmm. South America. Cause that's what I know the best. Okay. I would love to take them to, uh, to like Guatemala or Costa Rica or where I lived in Chile, mm-hmm. um, would be really cool. But you know, if I'm uh, most realistically, what I think we're probably going to do next is uh, my dad lives on a sailboat in the Caribbean, 
okay. and sails around. And so what I think we will probably do, which we're, we're trying to figure out how to do maybe next summer, is do like three or four weeks, like rent an Airbnb or something on one of those islands, mm. live as a family, hang out with him, work, you know, just kind of have slow life on, a, on an island and yeah. expose them to some travel that way. That's awesome. I feel yeah. like it's, I mean, in this era of uh, so many people working from home, it, it's just a, such a shame not to not to take advantage and do stuff like that. And it's, yeah. it's so easy not to. It's simple just to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and travel is always just, just with the Germany thing, like trying to rent cars and figure out hotels and book the flights. It's just like, it's a headache. And it's and a lot of it is like, I'm imagining us being there, it's just me and my son, and imagining mm-hmm. us being there and like getting stuck somewhere and not, speak only a little bit of German, some Italian, but not that much. Uh, and I just imagine like, all, like there's going to be nightmares that happen. And sure. that's part of the fun of it. Uh, it ends up becoming a great memory, and it builds character, all these good things. But uh, it's really easy just to not do that stuff and not yeah. deal with it. But it's also but, easier than ever to do it, right? I mean, yeah, right. because you can work from remotely and because you can do all this research ahead of time and there's so much stuff you can book and plan for ahead of time. And um, you don't, you're good. not stuck yeah. in, in a hotel or a, or a traditional B&B. Like you can find a spot that works for your family. Yep. So... You're right. Yeah. So that's all. I mean, so many reasons to do it. Yeah. So many reasons not to. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's absolutely worth it. So but good for you. One of my, one of my favorite trips uh, that I've ever gone on was our. We did a month in Italy for our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that because I, I do remember that. Quit working. Um, yep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that was. I mean, that was. I would so love to go back there with with Katie or even with the whole family. I just. It was such a good trip. Yeah, Italy. Italy is great. All right. right. On to the next. On to the next. Um, Why don't we – another kind of transition question here. Any big runs or races on the horizon? There was a while there where you were flirting. You were teasing uh, some races, Matt, and I haven't heard you talk about that in a while. What's going on? Yeah, I think I I talked about this on No Made Athlete Radio and it wasn't the morning show um, where someone had asked what – I guess we did a Q&A thing or maybe it was just one question. But someone had asked what had, had happened with that stuff. And what I said was I ran the marathon, and did, that did not go well at all. It was in Florida. It was hot. It could, a variety of reasons why it may not have gone well, because the half marathon I did two weeks prior went really well. Um, and after that, I, I completely lost steam and basically lost uh, the courage of trying to then go mm. do a 100-miler in a relatively short time period using this CrossFit endurance-style training. I hope um, I didn't talk you out of it by all my naysaying. <laughs> No, it was walking the last six miles of a marathon that really uh, talked me out of it more than anything else. Okay. <laughs> um, no, so I don't know. I still actually do have a lot of hope of doing that stuff. I need to get myself back to fitness in general because I've the past couple months I've just hit this little rut. where I'm, I'm still doing some stuff, but not not like I was. Uh, but anyway, I don't know. I, I run a lot with my son. He's in soccer, and I'm trying to help him have better running form and mm. learn to run faster. And I just think it'd be a cool thing for him to, you know, be a runner as well so i have that little motivation so I've, I've been thinking about it and doing a lot actually um just not in any serious fashion so no races on the horizon for me whatsoever uh but i am sure i will do more and i still really hope to do more marathons and ultras but i don't know what about you i know you've got some some things you've been hinting at a little bit yeah i i'm actually feeling more motivated right now with running than i have in a very long time okay. uh, and i've probably said that several times over the last few years uh, but this one seems to be sticking i am uh, i'm running pretty consistently i'm pushing myself to go a little bit further 
I am riding my bike, mountain bike and road bike. I'm doing as much as I can um, and feeling really excited about it. And so the big, the next big thing for me is going to be um, over around Christmas, around the holidays. I'm going to do this uh, route, this this, uh, this ridge route that uh, from my house that I'm really excited about. Okay. It'll be about, I think, about 35 miles, maybe a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm hoping that, that will kind of be the jump start into a into a spring, either 100K or 100 miler. Hmm. Good. All right. I like it. Yeah. Um, so, do any uh, any any races pl- you thinking about or just uh, yeah, some stuff I'm thinking about, but nothing. Uh, I haven't registered for anything. Just kind of. I know what what's around here in the spring and early summer, and mm-hmm. so kind of picturing myself at, at a few different races. But do you? Because I mean, ultra running is a serious part of your life, right? Especially when your kids were, I guess, before you had kids. But yeah, and even uh, even when Eliza, when it was just Eliza, right, right. Uh, yeah, it just gets harder, obviously. But um, do you have do you have aspirations of doing like big West Coast things or I don't know. Like Those, the big you know, Western big states, hundred milers and stuff. Yeah, like is that is that? I feel like if you're like an, a serious ultra runner, like that's everybody's bucket list. Is you got to do that one day? Like, is yeah. that are you are you going to one day do that? Is that part of the plan, or you don't really care? No, I don't really care. Doesn't doesn't really? motivate me to. I mean, you know, if I got a ticket into Western states, or if I got to run UTMB in in Europe, mm-hmm. um, like yeah, I would definitely not pass that up. That would be right. great. But they're so expensive. Uh, the both the races are, and then. You know, and then you gotta fly out there, and you gotta put yourself up, and uh, it's it's just a huge, massive inconvenience. I mean, running a hundred miler is a big enough inconvenience to right. your life and your family yep. that, like, right now, that is that is very low on my priority list of trying to do stuff. It's more about just finding a cool race and pushing myself and doing doing it that way. You know, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I get the hype. Like, I, I get it's you know the crowds that are there and the scenery and all that stuff. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, um, I just uh, it's it's not all that motiva- motivating for me. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so right. we're bringing a transition. I think that's a good transition into this next one, which is more habit related, and this one comes from Kitted Cass. Okay. On Instagram, and she says, "Are you still doing the two day rule? I have circled back to it lately." as I am in a season of unpredictable schedule, but it seems to work in the short term better than long term. There's a fine line between legit two-day and, quote, I exercised yesterday and can skip today. <laughs> and so uh, we spoke, we did, I think we did a whole episode on the two-day yep, rule. we definitely did. Um, where, you know, basically the idea is that if you're trying to establish a habit or if you have a habit, um, if you can not skip two days, Mm-hmm. Then, then you can kind of maintain <clears throat> that habit, and uh, and it has something similar has worked for both of us, I think, to some degree in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we called this out in the episode, and she's totally right that it is a fine line between just <laughs> having a habit that you do every other day, right, or or having a rule where you can't skip more than one day, um, right. So, what, so the background, the background. If you've never heard it before, the idea is that you. You know, you're trying to do a daily habit, uh, but and and it's okay to miss a day here and there. It happens, but you absolutely do not make you do not miss twice in a row. So if if you if something happens, people come into town, even if you get sick. I, I mean, I guess then it depends on your habit. But like, if if you miss one day, 
alarm bells should be going off and you are dropping everything possible the next day to get this habit done so that you never ever miss twice uh and it's it's a lot of people do it it's it's not a new thing it's been sort of popular at least for 10 years now um and yeah so it it in theory sounds great i think if you're actually able to sustain it like it's wonderful because it it gives you this flexibility of like your whole life is not controlled by your habit. Like my wife, Erin, she just finished, uh, not just a couple months ago, ended a running streak that I think was two years and something. I've already, already forgotten the ex- exact details. Um, but like there were times when it felt like that was, you know, like it was silly that she had to go run given that she was had injured herself the day before or was so sick or whatever. And it was like, this is great. Like this can't be good for your health to be doing this, but she had to do it to keep the habit going because the habit overall is good for her health. So today rule gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, yep. so that you don't have to do this situation. And at the same time gives you something to strive for. But like you said, and like our questioner said, uh, it, you know, it's really easy to imagine it turning into an every other day habit. And then that's fine. And honestly, my, my first thought is like, that's actually not bad. Like, right. I'd be pretty happy right now if I had a two-day exercise habit. For a year and a half, I was doing it pretty much every single day. But now it's been a couple months and I just haven't been doing it. If I was, if I had instead during that entire now close to two-year period had an every other day habit, I think I would pick that over the situation if it was still going strong. So that's not such a bad thing. Uh, maybe some habits, you know, I don't know what, what they are and what, what, this particular person's goal is maybe some things just absolutely do require a near daily focus. Um, but for the most part, I think that would, that would be all right. I think the problem with that is that if you've established your habit as an every other day habit, then it's easy to then skip that every other day. <laughs> right. you, you, you know what I mean? And then be like, Oh, well, I'll, I'll kick it off tomorrow. Sure. Um, because, because then the baseline is every other day. Whereas if the baseline is every day and you skip one, you're like, okay, I'll just start back tomorrow kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, so there are definitely these flaws in the two-day rule. If, if, if one would like to exploit it, they certainly can. Um, but I think it's a good thing. I, I think what she said, I think it's a she, uh, yeah. is that, um, uh, sorry, that it works well for short-term, but longer-term, not so much. And that's, that's been my experience with it. Like, it's a really nice way to get something going. Uh, it just, I don't know, it just somehow feels helpful. It's like a little bit of a combination between small steps and massive action where, like, you get some, you get a little bit of breaks here and there as needed, but for the most part, you are taking massive action. So I like it. Uh, I have a friend who texted me out of the blue. It was a few years ago, but he texted me and said, "Hey, like, thanks for talking about this on your show. Since then, I've run every single day, or almost every single, or never missed more than once for running for six months or something like that, which is really long. That's longer than I've ever followed that two-day rule. Uh, so it it can work for a longer term, but I but I think I've had the sort of the same problem that like after a couple times either the habit just starts sticking and you forget about the two-day rule entirely and like maybe whatever you're trying to do evolves into you know maybe you maybe you pick up running for example using this two-day rule and then for me after a month or after a couple weeks on that like i'm if i'm if i'm going to stick with running then it's because i have found some sort of plan or race or something else and maybe that plan has you you know totally different schedule than the two-day rule would would dictate so useful for starting habits i don't know if it's that great for a long-term thing yeah, yeah. So, by the way, though, I guess the real question is: uh, Are you still doing it? I I currently am right now with my running stuff. I'm I'm definitely in the mindset of I need to be doing a real kind of semi endurance exercise uh, every day or 
if okay. not every day, mm-hmm. then, you know, then every other day. Yep. Um, so I, you know, while I'm not necessarily calling it the two day rule, it's definitely the approach I'm taking at mm-hmm. the moment. Good. I didn't know that. That's good for you. Uh, you know where else we do it kind of is no me athlete radio because we've, we've kept this show going for about 10 years, I think now. Mm. Um, and it's been a weekly show and there have been weeks where we don't have anything and we end up. I mean, I think in the early days we were doing different stuff. We had seasons. We may have taken a month off at one point where we just announced that we were and, and did. Uh, but like, you know, so every now and then we will put up a, a replay or skip or whatever. But if we do, there's always this urgency to make sure we put out a real episode the next week. So it, it's not, in this case, it's don't it's a two-week rule. It's don't miss two weeks in a row. Uh, but I think it's a good example of a way that where it has worked really well. That's a great point. Very well there said. There you go. And which that also into transitions our next really well yeah. <laughs> into the next one, which is uh, this one came from this one came in our DMs from Jacob uh, O. I won't say his full name. Um, okay. uh, good job keeping up the new daily show. And of course, here he's talking about the morning show, our daily, our, our new daily podcast, uh, which is the plant-based, plant-based morning, morning show. Yep, you can find it on all of the uh, podcatchers, or you can catch us live at eleven on Instagram. Uh, eleven a.m. Eastern. Yep. Instagram, no mean athlete underscore official. That's right. So he says, good job keeping up with the new daily show. It's hard to start a new daily habit, as you well know. So I'm interested interested to hear how that feels for you at this, or I'm interested to hear how that feels for you. And then he goes on to talk about, uh, to give us praise. So thank you. Thank <laughs> and you. I think he talks about how, the, how we, how I, I think I said that this show is no longer in its heyday. This no mean athlete radio, right? Is that the same question? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I did want to clarify that because I, I was chuckling because I did say that, and I like saying things. Like, I don't. I, I think what makes our stuff good is I don't. I don't like to hide stuff. We talk about when sponsors pull the plug and things like that. Uh, and it's. I don't know. I think if you didn't have a podcast, it would be. It would be funny to hear those things. Uh, but anyway, I think what I was referring. I think when I said that, I wasn't so much saying this show is not in its heyday or that like it's it's you know now is on decline. I think I was pointing out one particular period that I identified, like I said, that was exactly the heyday. And it was this summer of 2015, probably, based on the house I was in when we did it, uh, <laughs> where we were doing like the summer running camp series and some yeah. listeners were making songs for it and all this stuff. And we just had, I don't, we did like a four-part series. It was just, there was just a lot of energy and, and creativity and stuff happening right then. So I identified that period as the heyday. It was uh, also a huge growth period for the podcast, which we probably weren't getting numbers that we were still getting now. Right. But, you know, but it was like growing really quickly. Right. And that, that so. was the other thing I was going to say. It was like this point, there was so much energy because it felt like every time we put out a new episode, it grew so much more than what was the previous high. And it was just all this excitement around it. Yeah. So that's exactly what, But you're right. Like those numbers very likely were not as high as we get these days. Uh, so, yeah, I did not mean to imply anything that like we're sunsetting the show <laughs> or anything. Uh, but anyway, so the good question about the daily habit. And I, I was thinking about that as well. Um, it has really been a success the way that it, that it that we started it and it's kind of cool because that's like that's a hard thing to start i think when people talk talk about starting a podcast it feels like a tremendous amount of work uh even once a week and we've managed to make the daily thing go and and happen uh so like the way we started we didn't commit to and this by the way this is not for someone who wants to start a podcast this is for someone who wants to start any habit i was just thinking like can we generalize this into something useful and what we did was we kind of dipped our toe in it for a while and it was probably like a maybe a three-week period where we were just kind of randomly like every now and then we'd be hey like let's let's try to do tomorrow 
uh, Twitter spaces and we'll just like right. see what happens and there's no pressure. And then after we did it like two or three times, we're like, hey, let's try announcing that we're going to do this on the podcast and see if that gets new people. And I think it didn't. So then we said, let's try <laughs> a different channel. And, and it was sort of inspired by a vision of some other shows that I've seen make a daily thing work. So we just like fooled around with it. And then I think at some, I don't know exactly when, we got to a point where we said, okay, let's try to do every day this week or pretty close to it. And then I had this golf trip where it got interrupted. Uh, but we just, I, like, I guess what we did, and this is very, very similar to the way I've adopted a plant-based diet gradually, the vegetarian first, then vegan. It was like, let's try this for a week and not miss during the week, right? And just like do it. At the and then at the end of that, we will, we will stop. We'll be able to assess and say whether that worked or not. Uh, and we did that and it worked. And then at some point we said, you said that you could commit to this thing for a month uh, at, you know, at around a half hour a day of like the show length. And so we said, okay, we'll do, we'll do that. And it's not like we counted down the days to the end of that month or anything, but knowing that there was this sort of like thing in place where if it wasn't working, we could stop after a month and feel like we gave it a try. Yeah. Um, you know, like that made it okay to do. Whereas if, if instead at the beginning of that period, if we had said, we're now doing this daily show indefinitely forever, uh, it just would have been hard to, I don't know. It would have been, it would have been scary, but to just say we're doing this for a month and like, what's the worst that's going to happen of us trying really hard for a month to do a daily show. Uh, and then, and now, now we're past that month, I think. So it's, it has worked. Yeah. And also two more things to add to that is, uh, you know, once we got past the, kind of trial and error phase and we, we decided okay this is this is what will make a good show you know this is probably where we should do it is we didn't say we're only gonna do it for a week too you know i mean we committed to that full month which uh was still a long time to do i mean 30 days or 25 days or whatever mm-hmm. um in a row was was a still a fairly big commitment and so uh and and we've gotten a lot better and it's gotten a lot easier as the time has gone on uh i think and anyway and so I think maybe if we hadn't, if we had just committed to a week or just a couple days, then we may not have ever done it. You know, we had to commit to that month, which was approachable, but still like a big goal. And then right. also, um, you know, in, instead of just, instead of just kind of puttering along. So that was, that was the one thing. And the other thing I want to say is that I think it has helped a lot that both of us are really committed to it mm-hmm. um, yep. and excited about it. And that makes a huge difference because, you know, there's been some days when I'm not feeling well or uh, you've been tired or whatever, and it would probably be have been really easy for one of us to just say, let's skip today if the other person wasn't, you know, I think that I would give you a lot of grief if, if you did that. Or like yesterday when I had a scheduling conflict, instead of just saying we're going to skip it, we, we found a way to, you know, a new way to do it. Yep. Um, and so I think that, that, that is, that's pretty important and that's really hard to find. Uh, you know, if you're starting a new habit of, of fitness or of eating or, or something like that, it's hard to find a partner who's really committed with you. But if you can, if you can find a friend or a stranger on the internet or, uh, your, your life partner or whatever that they will go all in with you and, and be as committed for those 30 days or however long it takes to do that with you, then I think that that, uh, it just makes a huge difference in your success rate. Yeah. So like there's, there are actually two parts to that. One is like, it, just individually, if you are completely committed to something, then it, it almost doesn't matter what form the adoption of the habit takes. Like if you have enough mm-hmm. commitment to me, I think you're going to find some way to make it work. As long as you're willing to keep trying different approaches if one doesn't work uh, and not say, well, that failed and I give up. Uh, and the second one is having a partner, having an accountability. It's the same, you know, just classic advice of like have someone else so that when the alarm goes off to go to your run 
or go exercise, like you're gonna you're not gonna let you're not gonna just not show up for your partner who's gonna be there, uh, yeah. and who's hopefully equally committed. So if you're two people, it's just it's just way different than than one. Uh, and the final thing I'll say about it is, it has a fixed time. Like it happens at 11 a.m. every single day. Right. So if it didn't have that, it would be so easy for us on you know almost every day probably to start pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And finally, sometimes it's going to be happening at 4:30 p.m. in the afternoon. And then and then finally one day it's just not going to happen. Uh, but the fact that there's an actual time, it just it just makes you show up for it. And that's like the really hard part to me of developing a personal habit, like a fitness habit. Uh, or or even a food thing, like everyone knows that habit triggers are things. Like if you can have something where it happens at the same time every day, because like if you do a habit after you brush your teeth, for example, or or immediately after you get home from work, like these are fixed things that happen generally at the same time each day, uh, and like they make it easy. Once you can get the habit going, they they actually you know it's a mechanism in your brain, and you actually start thinking as soon as you do the one activity, you begin thinking about the other, and you just eventually you just do it uh so we, we that's this is there's no trigger here but there is the set time and that that definitely like has a very similar effect so if you have any way of doing that with whatever habit you're trying to build uh by all means do it like put a time or say it happen better say it happens after i do this other specific activity that i automatically do every day right yep all right Good. What's next? Well, before we go to the next question, why don't we pause for a second to thank our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. They carry all of your favorite clean, nutritious brands that don't clean out your wallet. Shop everything from ethically sourced pantry essentials to non-toxic cleaning and beauty products. And if you find a price lower elsewhere, they'll even match it. Each and every item is vetted by Thrive's high standards so you get the highest quality products at the best price. Plus, you can easily shop by diets and values like vegan, keto, low sugar, zero waste, non-GMO, fair trade certified, and around 100 options to sort by. Not only can you find all your grocery items in one affordable place at one affordable price, but Thrive Market's fast and free carbon neutral shipping also helps our planet. Matt, I, I, I just recently placed a, a Thrive Market order. It's, uh, it's, I've got, it, it saves your order, you know, so you just go and like I just refill the cart with all the staples that... That I do, although um, because we were talking so much about plant-based meat on No Meat Athlete or on uh, the, well, the Plant-Based Morning Show, I have um, I was digging around in there, and they have some of the Good Catch stuff. Um, oh yeah! So I added that, added that to the crab cart. cakes. Yeah, it wasn't the crab cakes; it was some other items. I don't think I've ever ordered a frozen item from uh, from Thrive Market, but I would imagine they don't have yeah. any problem shipping frozen stuff, huh? They don't. You can do frozen stuff. You can do your non-frozen pantry staples. It's got everything. You cleaning supplies, you know. It's good. It's, it's awesome. Very nice. Great way to we are time. Thrive Market fans. You should join Thrive Market today and get a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash no meat to get a free $60 gift. That's thrivemarket.com slash no meat. Thrivemarket.com slash no meat. We also want to talk to you about something cool that we're doing over at uh, No Meat Athlete and at Compliment, our uh, our partner company, we are giving away a paradise, plant-based paradise vacation. This is, uh, we're, we're holding a sweepstakes here for a trip to Palmaya Wellness Resort in Riviera Maya, Mexico. And this place is incredible. One of our uh, colleagues went there and spent a week there. And he's like, you know, we got we to gotta send somebody here because this place is incredible because it's, uh, 
They have five predominantly plant-based restaurants. It is, of course, on the beach, on the coast. It is, uh, they have, it's, a, it's like a wellness center. So they have um, an eco spa, yoga, meditation, movement classes. All the stuff is included in, in, in the trip. And, uh, of course, we're paying for airfare, airfare and all that stuff. So this is a really cool prize that we're, or sweepstakes that we're holding uh, to kind of give thanks to our community and, and, and engage the community a little bit. You can learn more at nomadathlete.com slash paradise. And that will take you to all the rules and all the uh, all the different ways you can you can enter. Nomadathlete.com right. slash paradise. It's not such a healthy paradise that they don't serve alcohol, is it, Doug? No, it is not. They they definitely serve alcohol, but they also serve healthy fruit juices and all that other good right. stuff too. So you, you can, can kind of go at your own pace. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Whatever that pace may be. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. Next question here. What are certain foods for endurance athletes like cyclists? Is there high energy balanced electrolytes to fuel your body that's not energy gels or goos? This comes from Melissa B over on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Should we take a few minutes and talk about the dangers of cycling, road biking in general? <laughs> no, no, we shouldn't do that. I think, I think you have you have spread that uh, that false information enough. That we don't need to. No, I mean it's not false. It's it's crazy how many people on our team and family members have uh, have been hit by cars or broken right. bones or whatever. On a, I think somehow I think we are a statistical anomaly, and somehow I've just been surrounded by accidents that happen to cyclists. Uh, I'm sure the actual data is much better than my experience. Uh, anyway, that, that's why I always give that pitch. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't bad. know. So I mean, it is like. Half of our team has has been has been hospitalized from. A, from I mean, a bike it's injury. not much of an exaggeration for me to say that every single person I know who rode bikes gets into a major accident. Like, it, it, which is why I'm I'm terrified for your health and safety, Doug. But whatever you're gonna you're gonna do what you're, you're gonna do. You're just terrified that I'll miss the morning show. That's all you care about. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have no partner. <laughs> uh, all right, so. I mean, the only difference with food for cyclists versus runners, just so we can address that part, to me is the portability. Like, there, you can bring more things mm-hmm. on a cycling ride than you can uh, on a run. So, like, there's in the Nomad Athlete Cookbook, for example, there are some, like, rice bite kind of things that Stephanie made uh, or invented. Or I think, she, you know, her husband was into uh, very competitive road biking, and these were things that were like what his team eats. Uh, so, like, you can do some cool, like, white rice things. Uh, I think even white rice around strawberries and maybe more like some uh, soy sauce flavored, you know, typical savory flavor ones. Uh, but like, you could never do that as a runner, or at least it'd be very difficult to keep that stuff from bouncing around and staying together as a runner. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, but that's that's the only real difference for me between cycling and running. Um, but I don't know. Do, uh, any, do you think there's any a difference? Specific... I don't actually know this. Is there a difference? Like, I mean, I guess so. If you're if you're doing long distance trail running or something like that. The intensity is is rather low, so you can eat some more whole foods and, and it will sit well in the stomach. Versus like if you're uh, doing a marathon and uh, you know as 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 fast as you can do it, that kind of thing. Uh, and mm-hmm. I feel like the bike is more like an ultra marathon thing where you can where you can have some more whole foods than than gels or something like that. Because the intensity is the same as ultra marathon. Or yeah, do you mean yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit lighter. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I that's think he might be fully right. fair. It probably just depends on the distance, right? Because you can you can certainly bike long enough to make it that way, where you have to go to low intensity, or you can go short enough that the only right. way you're going to win or get a good time is by pushing hard. Uh, I was actually thinking like 
is does does the nature of cycling lend itself like yeah because you have big climbs in cycling sometimes where you're like mm-hmm. out of breath and your legs are burning i mean i have such limited experience with, with biking at all uh <laughs> but when i've done so it like this, you you this, watched uh, yeah. tour de france once yeah. and they had a big climb so. yeah, right. <laughs> no really honestly the few times i have tried it like these are the reasons i don't go back is because like it's just so painful to, to climb up a hill whereas with running ultra running especially you can start walking and enjoy the hike up the hill and like it actually feels like a break from the all the flat that you were doing and it doesn't i don't mind hitting the hills because it's time to time to regroup and walk uh but cycling it doesn't feel like that like the hills kill you to me uh so i just wonder if like if there is a are there higher spikes in intensity in especially in a competitive sense in cycling than in ultra running but then maybe not maybe if you're competitive in ultra running you're also not able to dog on the hills you have to really go for it yeah yeah i don't know i mean i guess it kind of depends because like a lot of you know if i'm going out for a couple hours on the bike or something like that a lot of the routes i would take might have long sustained climbs but they're not all that intense because you know roads by nature typically aren't straight up uh, whereas a trail could be straight up and it forces you into a hike and Mm -hmm. um, so it's just a little bit different so i I don't know it's a good question yeah all right well back to the question at hand uh, I mean, she was asking specifically about electrolytes. I don't, I haven't done long enough running in a long time. And when I did this recent stint of it, uh, all my long runs were relatively short. They were, you know, six or 12 or I think up to 15 or 13 miles. Uh, so I didn't have a, a lot of long periods out there. Um, but I, I have the sense recently, and I could be wrong about this. I have the sense that more people recently are like all about like drinking their electrolytes and they actually, if they're going to get calories, they don't get that so much from a sports drink anymore. They get that from their food that they bring with it. So they sort of eat their calories and drink their electrolytes. I'm sure there are plenty of exceptions. I'm sure there's plenty of sports drinks out there that give you both. Uh, but has that been your experience, Doug? Like, do you see that change happening or is that just a uh, false one? Well, okay. So there are a number of new electrolyte drinks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of like element that's just has very few calories and a lot of sodium uh, complements um, hydrate mix, yep. which is uh, very few calories, and you know, and, and it's in, it's it's intended to focus on the electrolytes and the uh, rehydrating aspect. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of you know, I think it's still in the in the endurance space. You know, tailwind tailwind uh, at least in running is is huge, and that has electrolyte or that has calories in it. Um, uh-huh. Heed, you know, which you and I have both used, has yep. has calories in it. So you know, I think I, I wouldn't say everybody's doing that. If you if you're looking for ways to what i like about having calories in my electrolyte drink my sports drink is um is that it's a really good way to just get a little bit at a time you know so Uh if you're just if you're just sipping as you run for 45 minutes and then you still want to have you know some fruit or or some sort of um actual food you know every hour or whatever you could you could still do that but you're still getting just a little bit of calories with your drink with Mm -hmm. your hydration uh, every few minutes as you're sipping on the thing. And, and if you're on a bike, that's a good way to do it too. But, but I do, I do hear you there. I mean, a lot of electrolyte drinks are now specializing in hydrating you quickly. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, and maybe that's because people are, I mean, I, I don't know if this is aimed at the competitive athlete or if it's aimed at someone who, because we've talked about this plenty that like a lot of people take in way too many calories while they are right. exercising to lose weight. Yep. you know so like and it's just completely counterproductive and like there, certainly there are times when you should be taking in some sugar to get the most out of your workout but if weight loss is your primary goal uh or fat burning is your primary goal like you mostly don't want to be taking in calories 
Maybe there are some exceptions, but for the most part, I think people you know should not be drinking Gatorades while they're on the treadmill at the gym to get more out of their workout so they can burn more calories. It's silly. Uh, so I you know perhaps the rise of these electrolyte drinks is that it people are understanding that and it gives people whether you actually need the electrolytes or not it's a if it's a reason to make you hydrate more and you know you feel like you're having something nourishing then perhaps perhaps it's this mainstream appeal that has made that trend kind of become what it has uh but i don't really know and, and certainly the electrolytes hydration are a great thing it it allows you a little bit more to because you separate the hydration from the from the nutrition in terms of calories it gives you more flexibility to to get exactly the amount of calories you need and and the mm-hmm. amount of electrolytes you need since they're not coupled together uh but yeah i think i don't know like to me this is this is much more than i think about this stuff i i still am just a big fan of bringing along fruit or dates or something like that uh yeah. and then maybe having an electrolyte drink with it but yes yeah, so anyway, I don't have specific high calorie electrolyte foods. Uh, if, if if electrolytes were my were my aim to get, I'd I'd find a product that that provides them. Yeah, I mean, I think fruit is a good way to get uh, is is a good alternative. I mean, for for quick fuel for your body, right? Yeah. And there's going to be some well, depending on the fruit, I guess there might be some electrolytes in there. But uh, you know, if you're drinking mm-hmm. your electrolytes and you're eating your fruit, then I think that's a good way to do it. I think we we can't pass up an opportunity and I guess we can pass up an opportunity but you know we tried to solve this exact problem with the real food and that is uh, plant bites and plant protein bites mm-hmm. over a complement um, and they they are designed specifically to replace gels but give you all that stuff so um, but you know we're not the only people doing that you can find uh, you can find other options or just eat whole fruit and, um, and that's great too all right uh, we got more I saw one about wondering where what was Doug's real reason for going vegetarian <laughs> said with a flirtatious smiley one, face. Okay. <laughs> I saw this this morning. Apparently, Katie, uh, my wife, <laughs> wrote this one in last night. She says, uh, she said, Doug, what's the real reason you went, you first went vegetarian? Mm. Mm. And uh, I think she's I think she's hinting at something that maybe um, is is definitely, you know, Influ- influenced my decision to first go vegetarian at the at, uh, early on, and that was um, that was her. <laughs> that, was, that was me uh, wanting to, you know, make my girlfriend or my uh, crush at the time, um, you know, happy. And <laughs> was it so? Okay, so was it was it that you and she were kind of together, and it was like, hey, I'm gonna do this thing for you because I I'm I'm into you, and I want to just you know, I'm going to try it. Or was it like you had a crush on her and you, and you wanted to be like, Hey, I'm, you could tell, Hey, I'm vegetarian too. And so you could, you could <laughs> no. use that as an in. No, no, no. It was, it was, we were dating. <laughs> it was early on in dating and she, she was a long time vegetarian. And, and I, I honestly, I really didn't eat very much meat and I had kind of flirted with, with going vegetarian at the time, uh, except for the, the big exception of, of, um, of barbecue, which I loved going to barbecue restaurants. But mm-hmm. you know, when I was cooking up something, I often wasn't cooking meat. My roommate at the time was vegetarian. And so I kind of, I said, you know, that would, that would be a good time for me to try this and see how it goes. And, um, but it was definitely influenced uh, by her, for sure. <laughs> got it. She got to impress the ladies, you know. Why else would you, you go vegetarian? Right. Well, that's that's <laughs> Just a surefire way. <laughs> uh, all right. We got one more here okay. before we wrap up. This one's from Paul of Kent. Hey, guys. I struggle to find a quick vegan protein source for lunches at work that aren't full of unwanted saturated fats. Any tips? 
Yes, if you listen to the plant-based morning show, uh, you'd get all kinds of vegan meat ideas. And a lot of them don't have saturated fat. We've noticed that uh, typically the companies that are making these things try to mimic the... By the way, quickly, before anyone scoffs at this, I'm not recommending vegan meat as your protein source. But I, I do wonder, <laughs> though, is that what is that what Paul of Kent is... Uh, is mm meaning when he says vegan protein because i think a lot of people mean that uh and he mentioned saturated fat so i have a sense that he's he's not looking at you know which bean is best for me to eat uh or which which nuts because most of the i mean nuts have some saturated fat some of them but uh i have a feeling he means you know beyond burgers and impossible burgers have a lot of saturated fat what's a good other source um so if that's what you're looking for the the plant-based chicken substitutes tend not to have the saturated fat, just like chicken without its skin uh, doesn't have as much saturated fat as red meat does. So, like if you get those, they're actually pretty good. Like the <clears throat> a good example, the Beyond, uh, the orange Beyond chicken that is it being tried at Panda Express right now uh, mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of saturated fat. Now it does have plenty of of oil and it's fried and it's not health food by any means. So, like I'm not at all recommending that that be your daily lunch at work. Uh, and I wouldn't really recommend that any of these plant-based meats be your daily lunch at work. I honestly would, would like, if you want protein, like I kind of said earlier, get it from beans. Uh, you know, bring a salad is such a good thing to bring in a, in a Tupperware or something and then put the dressing in a side and toss it all together with some beans. Uh, maybe have a whole grain bread or some brown rice or something, and you can make a meal out of this. If you can get in the habit of eating that for lunch every day, to me, that's like, that's as as well as you can do. I know for some people that doesn't feel like the amount of calories they need or the amount of protein specifically that they think they need or even enough to just fill them up. So obviously you need to adapt stuff. Uh, nuts are a great way to to enhance the you know satiety of that uh, and also the calories of it. So I don't know. Like that's I w- I would be thinking more. How can I find a because it's like a daily thing that you're gonna be you're making a plan for what you're gonna do every single day. Uh, mm-hmm. and then probably you're going to vary that slightly. Like I would not have beyond burgers. I would, I would find something like that's really healthy and then, you know, try to tweak it to get the, the nutrition profile you wanted to have. Yep. I would agree with that. I, um, you know, just some additional ideas to play on to your, your beans and salad idea, you know, a big salad with a bunch of beans on it is great. Just a bean salad, you know, make that for my kids all, mm-hmm. all the time. And, and I have recently been eating it myself um, you know, which is just, uh, like literally beans and maybe some other vegetables and, uh, and some sort of dressing, homemade dressing mm-hmm. and just scoop it up. Very good. Very, very incredibly easy to make. Um, you know, hummus, like hummus sandwiches, hummus on sandwiches, hummus with carrots. Yep. Or hummus in a wrap, option. by the way, you could, you could make this salad. I'm talking about this massive salad with beans on it. You could also slather yeah. a bunch of hummus on a wrap and wrap. You, I mean, you can make a giant filling wrap. Uh, that is perfectly, you know, satisfying at lunch, especially if it has a good dressing on there. Uh, it doesn't need to feel like you're eating salad for lunch. No, no, not at all. It's absolutely delicious. So, you know, I think uh, I think that the, those are all good options. Those are good options for you at work. Also, good options for your kids at school. Um, yeah, I think that's that's all I got. There's also the plant-based lunchables that are coming out. Ah, uh, yes, cannot <laughs> forget the plant-based lunchables. Uh, huge. Game-changing yeah. hit for all vegans everywhere. <laughs> It'd be nice for a car trip or something like that. I probably wouldn't make it my daily lunch at work. Uh, and also, we haven't mentioned the... I mean, I was mentioning, like, as if you're going to... If if the only vegan meat choice is Beyond Meat or Impossible Burgers, 
the deli slices are pretty good these days. Yeah. And there's a company called Unreal Deli that I've been trying recently. And their stuff has a lot of, it still has like the wheat gluten and maybe some soy even uh, that kind of provides most of the protein. But some of them are based on like, I don't know, lentils might be the third ingredient. Uh, and they're really good. So like if you can make a big sandwich or again a wrap uh, that has some of that on there that helps it sort of be satisfying for you. But then you also load it up with vegetables and make sure you get a good whole grain bread or wrap. Uh, that could be a nice variety way to mix it up and still... Not, again, trying to not feel like you're eating salad every day, but but using lunch as a time when uh, I don't know. Typically at lunchtime, like it's a time when people aren't too put off by the idea of eating a bunch of vegetables and keeping it kind of light. Whereas to tell right. someone eat salad for your dinner every night, it's just not it's just not going to happen that someone's going to do that because you want that end of the day satisfying thing. So sure. I don't know. Put the veggies in the lunch. Put the veggies in the lunch. Here we go. Put the veggies nice. in the lunch. Like <laughs> All right, lightning round to, to roll us out. Oh, Joey 22 says, what's the best vegan restaurant in your town city? You just moved. What What's yours? I did I did just move uh, to Charlotte area, uh, and we have not really found like a great vegan restaurant here yet. There's one called Sanctuary Bistro that we've not been yet. We're actually going to be going there in a couple weeks uh, with some friends, but... I, I really I don't have I don't have a great pick here. I've been there's some good vegan food trucks I've been to, uh, and there are some good like vegan soul food kind of places that that I found. But I don't I don't know the names, and they're all too far for me to go to. So I don't know. Yep. How okay. Well, all right. So Asheville Plant, we've spoken about that place. It's kind of a more upscale. Is plant still good. Is plant still have they have they they haven't lost a step, have they? You know, it's it's been probably six months since I've been there, but uh, no, I I very much still love Plant. Um, and then here in Black Mountain, got to give a shout out to my favorite restaurant that we go to every Thursday evening uh, with after band practice, and that is um, that is Goldfinch. Mm-hmm. They have it's not a vegan restaurant, but uh, pretty much every item on the re- on the menu can be vegan. Mm, nice, um, and it's it's great. And so Ojoey recommends Viva Vigeria, Vigeria, <laughs> Vigeria. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, I didn't know what that was. I thought maybe it was vejeria, like a vejeria, Mexican okay. or Spanish word. I have uh, no yeah. idea. Uh, that would make sense. Lives in San Antonio, Texas. Sounded um, almost like that's their restaurant, and they wanted to. That's why they. Asked I know. The I just wondered about that. that, so that's why I wondered if <laughs> yeah. I should give them a shout or not. But uh, well, why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, yeah. so Joey, for writing in your question. All right, thanks everybody for listening. This was another big Q and A episode, extraordinaire or whatever we've called it in the past. <laughs> yes, and the time was managed properly, coming in just under an hour just under an hour love it uh matt thanks for thanks for the chat as always thanks everybody for listening and i hope that you enjoyed last week's episodes of the plant-based morning show and if you did go ahead and look that podcast up and subscribe there as well yes do that and all right now we gotta go plan for that paradise nobodyathlete.com slash paradise perfect <laughs> all, right. all right thanks talk to you later